You're listening to The Corbett Report. CorbettReport.com Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another edition of The Corbett Report. I am your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, coming to you, as always, from the sunny climes of Western Japan, here on the 19th day of June, 2023, with episode 446 of The Corbett Report podcast, Finding the Better Way. Now, as you all know by now, I'm sure, I was away for a couple of weeks at the end of May slash the beginning of June, and as I'm sure you are also all aware, that was in order to attend the Better Way Conference in Bath in the United Kingdom. And I was there, and I did record, as you have seen by now, and as you will continue to see, many, many interviews and conversations while I was over there. But of course, I was also actually presenting at the conference. So yes, to get to the point, today's episode is going to be the uh, presentations that I made at that conference. Now, for people who don't know about the Better Way Conference at all, I will direct you back to the Solutions Watch episode that I had on A Better Way back at the beginning of May, in which I talked about the conference and what was happening there. Um, And hopefully, well, I do know that some of you got out there to see me and I got to, to enjoy meeting some of you in the flesh, in person, which is always a wonderful experience. And I know many others were able to join online. Uh, If you did miss the conference, it is still available online, and all of the details about how you can purchase the on-demand viewing ticket so that you can watch the entire stream of the entire conference is at the Better Way Conference website, which of course will be linked up in the show notes. And from there, you'll be able to find out more information about all of the various conversations that were being held as part of this conference. For those who don't know, basically this conference was a series of conversations around various topics, all structured around the idea of moving from some sort of problem that we all know and talk about and discuss and research towards the solution that we want. And so, for example, conversation number one was on from big pharma to real health, or conversation two, from fake foods to food as medicine. And the way these uh, conversations were structured, there were eight or nine speakers who would each get 10 minutes to make a presentation Uh, And then at the end of that, there would be a panel discussion of about half an hour between all of the participants on that panel, all of the speakers who had given their presentation. So again, if and when you do watch the entire conference, you'll be able to see all of the presentations, all of the conversations, including two of the conversations that I hosted. I introduced the speakers, I conducted the panel conversation, and two of the conversations in which I was a presenter slash speaker. But for your Enjoyment here today, I'm going to present those two presentations that I made at the Better Way Conference. So without further ado, let's get right into it. The first presentation was from Conversation 4, which was structured around the idea of from electrosmog to nature's frequencies, talking about the problem of electromagnetic radiation, which is an increasingly pervasive problem in our society today having not only health effects, which of course many of the speakers on this conversation had devoted their research to over the years, but also, as I talked about in my episode on the 5G dragnet, which if you have not seen, I would very much exhort you to take a look at, it is also this electromagnetic radiation and microwave radiation and other um, type of electrosmog that is part of the infrastructure, the technological infrastructure for the Internet of everything, the, uh, well, 5G, but eventually 6G, uh, machine-to-machine, everything-always-connected interface that will be 
tracking and surveilling everything you do in a way that is difficult to imagine even now, even in this society where we know everything we do and everything we say and everything we talk about and everywhere we go is being tracked and databased in one form or another via the facial recognition cameras and the fondle slabs in our pockets and everything else. But hey, wait until the very near future where literally every item that you purchase is tagged with some sort of device that is talking to everything else around you in your environment. Uh, for people who don't know, you could look at the uh, the uh, Google Keyside uh, development that they were trying out in Toronto that had to get scrapped because of the privacy concerns involved in that or the other ideas for smart cities that are becoming more and more prevalent. Anyway, that is one aspect of this problem. And you can find out more about that, for example, from my work on the 5G Dragnet. But this is not about the problem. This is about the solution. And... As I talk about in this presentation, the solution for this pervasive electromagnetic radiation that's everywhere and constantly being beamed at us is not exactly an easy problem to solve. There are a number of things to consider. So this conversation is entitled Between the Raindrops, or at least my presentation is entitled Between the Raindrops, and you will see why in a moment. Our next speaker is James Corbett. He's an award-winning investigative journalist, started the Corbett Report in 2007 as an outlet for independent, critical analysis of politics, society, history, and economics. He's from Canada and Japan. James Corbett, the next 10 minutes are yours. Thank you very much. Uh, can I just check how many Corbett reporters in the crowd today? All right, good. For everyone else who's wondering about that strange Canada slash Japan appellation, yeah, I can only assure you that it's true. But I would actually like to thank the Better Way Conference for giving me a chance to visit my ancestral homeland of England. Uh, it's been a beautiful trip. I've spent uh, several days. It's even, it's even got me a bit nostalgic and thinking about my childhood. And I revisited my favorite... Uh, my second favorite British comedy series, Red Dwarf. Ah, <laughs> uh, Rimmer. What a smeghead. Anyway, if I can be serious for a moment, and I think I can, we have a very serious topic today. And uh, it's one of those topics. Okay, here's, here's the bad news. If you're waiting for me to give you the solution to this problem of electrosmog, I'm afraid I'm not going to do that. But the good news, I will give you many suggestions. Round of applause, yay! But the bad news, I'm not exactly hopeful that any one of them will be a full-on solution, and even altogether, it may not be enough. So, let's dig into it. And we're using a meteorological metaphor for today's talk, from electrosmog to nature's frequency. And now that I say meteorological metaphor out loud, I realize that's a ridiculous phrase, so I'll just say weather words. Um, so let's use a slightly different weather word to describe this. Not electrosmog, electro-rain. Because we are in England, and I've been told that you're familiar with rain here. But I haven't seen any evidence of that on my trip, so it's still... <laughs> still up in the air. Anyway, all right, so let's think. This is one of those problems, like rain, that what can we do about it? There are a lot of problems that we individually can do a lot of things to, we can grow our own food, we can, we can do this, we can do that, but electromagnetic radiation is out there, it's everywhere, there's more towers going up. What do we do about that? And it's like a problem of rain on a rainy day. Let's imagine 
you plan a picnic out in the park with your family and it rains, what are you going to do? I guess there are a few things you can do. You could um, stop the rain. Well, no, you're rational, normal human beings. You would never think of stopping the rain. Other people. <laughs> uh, or, okay, uh, stay home. Oh, well, rained out, no picnic today. Or, I guess, you could really persist, stiff upper lip and all that, tut-tut, whatever the British say, and uh, take an umbrella and go out and sit there and stay relatively dry and while you're eating your sandwich. Mm, okay, hmm. Well, there are some ideas, but are any of them really a fundamental solution to the problem? Well, let's see how that, that analogy works. And this is an analogy, so it will break down, as all analogies do, but let's just, let's go with it. So, Stop the rain. Well, as I say, no normal human being would think of doing that, but unfortunately, there are abnormal human beings who are the parasitic class that pretend to rule over us, so they think about stopping rain or starting rain or starting hurricanes or what have you. Geoengineering, of course, one of those many, many things that used to be outlandish conspiracy theory until the director of the CIA and other people start giving lectures about it, and then everyone goes, yes, of course we need to do this. So anyway, uh, uh, I'm going to assume most people in this room probably wouldn't be on board with that idea generally. But, okay, so in the analogy, electro-smog, electro-rain, uh, stopping the rain, well, I guess, I guess that is somehow completely eliminating all sources of electromagnetic radiation all over the world. And how do we actually do that? Well, I suppose we're going to be looking at some sort of centralized control structure, some sort of political system that's going to be able to stop we're going to put in regulations and we're going to petition the board of something or other to stop putting up towers and what have you and eventually get rid of all electromagnetic... Well, hmm, I'm not sure that's necessarily feasible. But anyway, okay, there is political options on the table. Well, let's put it that way. Um, you could stay home, right? Uh, you could get the Ethernet cables and plug them all in and make sure you don't have any electromagnetic radiation in your home and you could stay in your cocoon and live relatively peacefully, healthfully, but no, then it's just doing to ourselves what has been done to us over the past few years. That doesn't seem like the greatest idea either. Um, you could use an umbrella, of course. As we've just seen, there are various ways that you can try to protect yourself and wearing the literal tinfoil hats, I don't know, whatever. The clothing, the various things that you can do to help protect yourself. But again, that doesn't seem like a fundamental solution to the problem of the rain that is all around us. And uh, this is where the analogy breaks down, because I can't think of the rain side of this. But one more thing that we can do is something that was also raised earlier, the idea of some simple sabotage. If anyone remembers my Solutions Watch uh, episode on simple sabotage, there are many things that people can do to... Oops! What happened to that Wi-Fi router? Oops, that 5G tower just went missing overnight. Um, so again, yes, that is something that can be done. And as we've heard today, angry parents going into schools and literally knocking Wi-Fi routers out, etc., can be done. But then again, of course, is that a fundamental solution to this problem? I tend to think not, because once again, yes, uh, great. Um, people can affect things in certain areas for a certain amount of time. But the institutional power to get those routers right back is going to be overwhelming. So it has to be at a more fundamental layer than that. And that's where 
uh, I think actually probably my most, I'm most hopeful about the idea of communities of interest forming communities where not just you, not just your family, but your whole neighborhood, maybe even broader than that, knows and understands about this issue, cares about this issue, and forms a community around, if not specifically this interest, uh, this issue, at least this issue and other issues of interest to that community. Um, this is, in fact, what I keep going back to in my Solutions Watch series. I, I keep coming back to the idea, you have to have a community of people who are on board with what you're thinking about. Um, easier said than done, once again, but not completely pie in the sky. There are already a number of communities like this that exist. For example, how many people know about the, uh, there's the United States National Radio Quiet Zone. There's one in Australia. There's one in probably numerous countries, but those are the ones that pop up easily on searches. And of course, they were instituted to protect um, astronomical radio observatories and, oh yeah, by the way, US Navy installations and what have you. But at any rate, there are communities. In fact, there are a couple hundred people, I think, who live in that U.S. national um, quiet radio quiet zone in Greenbank, West Virginia. And a lot of them move there specifically because that is an area where you are not, there is no EMR. It is not allowed. You cannot have cell towers. You cannot have any sort of Wi-Fi operating device, what have you. So there are people who have moved there specifically because of that. And many other places, the EHS refuge zone in France, the Parc de Carnet in Italy, there's a Zurich house in, my notes say Italy. I don't think Zurich house is in Italy. Uh, anyway, in Zurich, which I believe is literally an apartment building that was again set up completely to be free of this. So there are examples of this that have been done. So it can be done. Um, but again, is that the fundamental solution to this? Well, it's part of the solution. So my, I think the thrust of my idea here is that there is no one silver bullet. I really don't think there is going to be the silver bullet solution to this. But I do think that all of these are pieces of solution, at the very least towards the direction we want to be going in, rather than the direction we are going in, which is the creation of the 5G and ultimately the 6G dragnet that will not only affect us in terms of our health, but obviously be part of that machine-to-machine, -machine, internet of everything, AI infrastructure. Um, so many horrible things that can come from that. So, uh, I guess ultimately, my, I'm, just, I'm just teeing up things for the conversation, the panel later, I hope we address them. I don't think any of these are a silver bullet. I'm willing to be convinced there is a silver bullet solution. We do this, and EMR is a thing of the past. Great, I would love to hear about it, uh, but I remain to be convinced that there is the silver bullet. That doesn't mean we stop. My message is always push any button you can. Anything you think can make a difference. If you want to sign the petition and, and, and lobby some board, and you want to start your own community, or you want to protect your own home, Great, do it, do it. Yes, yes, yes. My answer is yes to everything. And if there are enough people who are motivated, I really do believe we can confront this problem. Thank you very much. That is my presentation on Between the Raindrops, talking about the things that we can do um, to hopefully affect the EMR problem. Um, but as you can hear there, I... Still, even after the panel conversation, if you do go and watch the full conference, I still remain to be convinced that there is a silver bullet solution to this. For those uh, hard of thinking out there who don't understand 
my concern about the idea of, well, why don't we just stop all electromagnetic radiation? That's the solution. Well, okay, the, the devil is in the details, and the question is how you go about doing that. And there's, there's a couple of things you'd have to fill in in order to do that. And so by just to make that point, I would like to, uh, to draw upon, well, you heard me mention my second favorite British comedy series. Why don't we turn to my favorite British comedy series, Monty Python, who had a a wonderful segment back in the 1970s where they talked about how to do it, how to do all sorts of things, how to cure horrible disease, how to do anything you want. And it's, it's very simple. Hello. Hello. Well, last week um, we showed you how to become a gynecologist. Um, this week on how to do it, we're going to show you how to play the flute how to split an atom, how to construct a box girder bridge, uh, how to irrigate the Sahara Desert and make vast new areas of land cultivatable. But first, here's Jackie to tell you all how to rid the world of all known diseases. Hello, Alan. Hello, Jackie. Well, first of all, become a doctor and discover a marvellous cure for something, and then when the medical profession really starts to take notice of you, you can jolly well tell them what to do and make sure they get everything right so there'll never be any diseases ever again. Thanks, Jackie. Great idea. <laughs> how to play the flute. Well, here we are. Um, you blow there and you move your fingers up and down here. <laughs> great, great, Alan. Well, next week we'll be showing you how uh, black and white people can live together in peace and harmony. Yes. And Alan will be over in Moscow showing us how to reconcile the Russians and the Chinese. So, uh, until next week, cheerio. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. So, you just eliminate all sources of electromagnetic radiation and create some sort of control structure that will be able to enforce that upon everyone on the planet. See you next week. <laughs> uh, yes, no, in reality, uh, there, there may be some problems with this. And I liken the EMR problem to something like the facial recognition problem, where it, uh, as you saw from my solutions watch on thwarting facial recognition, again, this is a a very difficult question to answer in a meaningful way, in a way that we have control over. There are lots of things that we can do, lots of buttons to push, but what is the button that solves this problem? Hmm. I think we need some, some deep level of thought on it. Anyway, I remain to be convinced that there is the silver bullet solution, but I would need to see the step-by-step -step plan on how that solution is implemented um, before I believe in it. Anyway, um, some food for thought. The other presentation that I made at the Better Way conference was in relation to the from thought control to free thought conversation, which admits of a wide range of interpretation, I think, as to what the problem is and what sort of solution is on offer. I, of course, being in the independent media space, chose to interpret it in that way. And so I delivered a my presentation, which was under the title, uh, my personal, my presentation was the limits of my language. Again, you will see why in a moment. Anyway, that is going to do it for this edition of the Corporate Report podcast. Short, simple, to the point, my presentations at the Better Way Conference. Here's the second one. Enjoy. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Canada, James Corbett. That's, uh, that's Canada slash Japan. Yeah. 
All right, trivia. This is the tie that I wore during my Cooking with Klaus commercial uh, during the sixth annual Fake News Awards. So uh, you're, you're very close to greatness. And free, t free tip, if you ever want to get into character to parody Klaus Schwab, there's this one word you've got to get right. And once you get that word, you can get the whole character. Crisis. <laughs> anyway. But I did not come halfway around the world to teach you that. I uh, came to talk about a very serious su subject. So uh, stop me if you've heard this before. We are in a fifth generation war. It is a war on everyone. It is a war of every government against its own citizens. It is a war that is being waged in every conceivable battlefield and domain at the same time. And ultimately, it is an information war. It is predicated on the info war. It is a war for your mind. So, what do we do about this? How do we go from thought control, which is not just, although there are, of course, technologies of thought control and ways to manipulate your, your mind, your brain, but it's much more insidious than that, and it's, in fact, a, uh, I guess, a very crude technology that's been refined over countless millennia, which is uh, language itself, information, that is used to control your habits and opinions. Uh, my listeners will be sick to death of hearing it, but at any rate, if you go back to Edward Bernays' Propaganda, 1928, read the opening paragraph. The, uh, organ the, uh, man, I've read this so many times, you think I would have it off the top of my head. Anyway, the control of the habits and opinions of everyday citizens is the real controlling power of our society. How true that was in 1928, how much more true is that in 2023? So, what do we do about this? Well, given the fact that I have been in the independent media space for 16 years now, you will not be surprised to learn that I think we need independent media. Yay. Yay. Right. <laughs> Woo! But we all know that, right? But the real question is, independent how? Independent of what? Independent in what way? Uh, yes, of course, independent as a non-government-funded, non-corporate-controlled media, of course, we know that. But I've made the point before, I will make it again here. If we continue to talk about the things that the mainstream corporate and government-controlled media are talking about, then we are essentially continuing to do what they want us to do. We have to be independent of their entire agenda by talking about what we want, focusing on what we want, not chasing the MSM tail. And that's not easy to do, because the conversation, what is the news of the day? It is whatever the BBC or whoever is talking about, right? And even if we are talking about what they are talking about to expose their lies and their propaganda, we're still talking about what they want us to talk about. So I will just note, parenthetically, I've been here in the UK for almost two weeks now. I have had the chance to read a newspaper or two, even flip on the TV, which I don't usually do, but watch some, some of the news to see what uh, propaganda is being fed to the public here. And if I didn't know any better, I would say that the biggest, most important thing in the world right now is about someone named Philip Schofield. <laughs> Oh my God, this is the, the absolute, this is what we need to be talking about as a society right now, I tell you. So 
even if we talk about that to laugh at it and to point at it and to go, well, that's not what we should, we're still talking about it. So I guess I just did a performative contradiction there, but <laughs> we'll move on from that. Um, the point is we have to set our own agenda. So independent in every way, including independent in the things that we talk about and the way that we talk about them. Um, it's hard to do, actually. It's genuinely hard to escape that, and we can't escape it entirely. I mean, when the entire world is being locked down because of the new scare or whatever, of course, we have to talk about that. But we have to detach ourselves as much as possible. I have done that as much as, as, much as possible, given what I do. The only MSM that I'm exposed to right now is really secondhand or watching clips for research purposes or what have you. So I... Uh, I escape the, that matrix as much as possible, but we're all steeping in it. Um, but I wanted to tee something else up for hopefully the conversation in the panel later on, on a much deeper philosophical note. Um, because yes, okay, the media, uh, obviously, the corporate government MSM controlled media is not going to be the answer. Independent media is hopefully going to be able to convey the information that we need to start building the parallel society that we need. But media itself, media, the idea of media and what it is and how it functions and the place it has in our society is a deeper question. And uh, for people who really want to start exploring that question, might I humbly suggest CorbettReport.com media. And you can watch my Media Matrix documentary that I did going from the Gutenberg Press to the Metaverse and all of the, uh, the incredible changes in society that that implies. Um, but if the medium is the message, what is the message of YouTube? What is the message of Twitter? What is the message of TikTok? <laughs> Are we able to really convey anything of substance, of meaning in such media? And if not, then how do we combat this, this inexorable pull towards the soundbite and tidbit. How do we counteract that on a fundamental level? I don't know if I have the solution to that, but I know that we have to at least be thinking about this. So I will uh, conduct a little test. Raise your hands if you have read 1984. No, 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 I mean read 1984. Not, not heard about it, not watched it on TV. Okay, good, all right, good. Give yourselves a, a round of applause. That's a very important, okay. Good. Then you will all remember the appendix to 1984, so I won't need to read my... Well, maybe I'll read it anyway. Anyway, <laughs> yes. Newspeak, duckspeak, of course. These were crazy, far out. What a weird science fiction invention you had there, Mr. Orwell. Um, well, no, not really. And in the appendix, uh, he lays it out uh, what the purpose of Newspeak was. The purpose of Newspeak was not only to provide a medium of expression for the worldview and mental habits proper to the, uh, to the devotees of Ingsoc. Sorry, I'm using my own pen here, so it's hard to read my own writing. But to make all the other modes of thought impossible. It was intended that when new speak had been adopted once and for all and old speak forgotten, a heretical thought, that is a thought diverging from the principles of Ingsoc, should be literally unthinkable, at least so far as thought is dependent on words. So the words that we have, the limits of our language are the limits of our reality, to borrow a bit of Wittgenstein, 
He probably meant it in a different context, but whatever. At any rate, the point is, our language itself is being degraded and debased to the point where we cannot actually express ideas that have true meaning, like freedom. That was, if you go and continue reading that appendix to 1984, oh, sorry, I forgot, you already have, but at any rate, he does make that point specifically. The Declaration of Independence, and it's beautiful language about freedom and uh, all men are created equal, all of this, would be literally impossible to render into Newspeak except with the single word, crime think. And we are heading in that direction. Of course, it still sounds outlandish to people who are not thinking along these ways, but when you hear the buzzwords of sustainability and inclusion and diversity and whatever else that's supposed to be the warm and fuzzy words that make us feel good, Actually, I just noticed that uh, today, I believe on at least some of the seats, there was a, uh, a copy of the New World Health Organization um, proposed amendments to the international health regulations and with the bolds and strikethroughs and all of that, including strikethrough of the text uh, uh, about um, the respect for the rights of individuals being struck out of that instrument. <laughs> I wonder why. At any rate, at least we still have the language to express that for now, but it is being eradicated. So we have to take independence of thought to its extreme conclusion, and to actually preserve our intellectual sovereignty, we need to preserve our language. So I will simply exhort you at the end of my speech here to please, please, please do not throw out your physical books. In fact, take some time to read a book rather than to listen to people on a stage. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen.